If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We are continuing now with design that's going to wrap up, we think, by late October or November. We will then hit the pause button, uh, get into the first of the year, and uh, hopefully be ready to get a shovel in the ground in May or June. So we're kind of shooting for a a plan that would uh, basically have us opening uh, that great facility a year later than we had originally uh, projected. But And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Final segment, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, and you just heard uh, Nebraska Athletic Director Bill Moose. Things remain on uh, for Nebraska's football facility as they won't be able to break ground now until the spring. And people have asked, why not now? Well, you've got a track season now. You you can't really uh, have the Nebraska track program not have a place to practice and compete. So um, it's going to be delayed until May, June, um, but all the money remains there. All the support is there. And he also hinted, Nate, that this will be, in, you know, you hear this a lot, but he said this will be the finest football facility. And the key word is it will be the most functional football facility in the country. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I guess if you want to try and find a silver lining in all of this, it's that they've got another year of, of planning and, and, you know, tweaking this facility uh, here and, and to make it the best. And, and, uh, you don't necessarily have to make it bigger than what it already is because it's going to be massive. But I think you can uh, continue to do research and, and look at what other people have and, and how you could, you know, take take bits and pieces from that and, and kind of, you know, make it the biggest, the best thing out there. And so, um, you know, it, it's kind of it stinks that it's not that it's going to be delayed for another year. But like you said, they they have the money. Um, they've got the means to to get it done. And and uh, so now maybe they can maybe even take it up another level by by tweaking it and, and making it the, the most functional facility out there. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, as we talk some recruiting here, Nate. And it, it's kind of been quiet um, just because I don't think anybody really knows what the next move is. But we do know from the NCAA that the dead period is going to run now through December 31st. Uh, signing day will happen in December. That means everybody that signs will not have been able to take an official visit. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> to, to think about it that way. You've got um, the large majority probably of, of your class of 2021 prospects that will have gone through an entire recruiting cycle without having the ability to take an official visit. And And for a lot of these kids, they haven't even taken too many unofficial visits because the dead period was put in place, you know, early to mid March. I think it was March twelfth or thirteenth is when it officially 
uh, went into effect uh, by the NCAA. And, and so if you didn't get any unofficial visits done by the time March 12th was rolled around, then you weren't able to step foot on any campus in a in an, in an official or unofficial capacity. And I know some kids have resorted to, to, to taking their own unofficial visits. And, um, and that's, I think that's smart. You're able to at least get a feel for what the city's like or what campus is like, uh, and maybe see some of the, what the outside of the facilities look like. But the bad part of that is you cannot have any contact with the, with the coaches. You can't have any sort of, you know, custom tour given, uh, you know, with the facilities or, or anything. So, uh, you're still relying heavily upon all of the virtual tours and, and the FaceTimes and, you know, whatever whatever videos and productions, you know, the, the various teams that are recruiting you have kind of put out. And so, um, you know, I feel for the kids because, you know, it's it a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get recruited and, and to take visits and, and to kind of be, you know, kind of get that attention from, from coaches and, um, and, and, you know, these kids are still getting plenty of attention, but it's way different than what it normally would have been. Yeah. What's interesting, Nate, is we haven't seen the flood of decommits like thought because there haven't been any visits. Yeah. You know, usually what happens is kids sneak off to a game on a weekend and you get just captivated by the new campus you visit and the experience you have there. Well, that's not going to happen um, and, you know, kids can't even technically really buy tickets to go to a lot of these games. In some conferences they can, but not in the Big Ten at least um, as of right now. So, you know, it, it the drama and the number of decommits could end up being a lot less this year than we maybe thought it was going to be just simply because kids can't take these trips and go to games. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I thought, you know, back in April or, or even May, I thought, okay, well, there's going to be a point in time where – the dead period is lifted, and then it's going to be the wild, wild west where you've got all these kids that committed early, taking trips all across the country. Everyone's going to maximize and, and take all five visits, and uh, you're going to see flip-flopping going on like crazy. Well, like you said, none of that's going to take place, um, and even in an unofficial capacity, uh, it's, it's not really even going to take place. So you're right. I think we're going to see a lot less um, you know, decommitments happening and and um, I think what's really going to be interesting is you know maybe maybe three years from now if you did a study on the amount of transfers um, you know that that maybe came out of the class of 2021 you know how many of these kids are going to actually end up getting on campus and and you know being around for a while and then figuring out hey look boy, this is way, way different than what I thought it was going to be like. You know, I uh, you know, never had an opportunity to to visit it in person or, or go to a game day or whatever, um, and so they're going to bounce. And so I, I'm really interested to see, you know, if we're going to see a massive spike in transfers come out of this, this year's recruiting class down the road. Well, I think, Nate, you're going to see a really, really small coaching carousel this year, at least at the Power 5 level. We know Southern Miss's coach resigned after week one. Um, and I don't know the whole backstory there. They played poorly, but he resigned after the first game. But I just can't see Power Five schools that pay head coaches four to six, seven million dollars paying out full buyouts because every coach typically carries at least four to five years' salary on buyout terms. And with deficits of up to a hundred million dollars in some of these places, 
I just don't think teams are going to be in the mood to write out lottery tickets to coaches too. No, I don't think that's going to happen at all. So, um, yeah, there's going to be far fewer decommitments from the recruits and far fewer coaching changes. Especially with no in-home visits. Well, yeah, no in-home visits. Um, you know, it's just it's very bizarre. The, this recruiting cycle is is going to be one for the ages because – um, you know, every literally every portion of of the whole process has been impacted in one way or another by the coronavirus, and and you know, hopefully, hopefully, we never see anything like this again. But um, in, in the season too, you know, we're talking about coaches getting fired. Well, um, yeah, we don't think that's going to happen, or there's not going to be the normal coaching carousel taking place. Um, and how can you, you know, I guess take into account, you know, a record. Um, you know, for a coach, if if they're dealing with all these other circumstances too, I think I think every, everything is going to have somewhat of a asterisk uh, next to it, uh, whether it be recruiting rankings or or uh, your on field record too. Yeah, just think about this, Nate. Um, we haven't been to a, a single combine really for rivals, a camp. Uh, we were able to go to a couple in in late July, Steve Warren and the one that Jake Sharp ran. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just not getting out to see kids and coaches haven't been able to see any kids. I mean, think about like walk on recruiting for Nebraska. Typically, you see these kids in summer camps and yep. Friday night lights and you get testing numbers and data. It's going to be a lot harder to even feel, you know, a good walk on class to really know what you're looking at. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very difficult to do that. And, um, you know, I, I think we've talked about this before, but the the ability for a coaching staff to actually you know uh, evaluate film and, and do talent evaluations on film and not in person is going to be a big big deal because um, the, the the football staffs out there that are able to to evaluate film very very well they're going to have a leg up uh, in this recruiting cycle because like you said there's no there haven't been any combines there haven't been any satellite camps or or on campus camps and um, these coaches have not been able to see anybody in person. They're not going to be able to go to any high school games or junior college games or whatever. So, um, yeah, it, uh, the ability to evaluate talent on just purely based off film and, and kind of have an idea for how a, how a player is going to you know continue to, to develop and, and, and the ability to project these guys I think is going to be massive. Well, we're in kind of a slow period right now. The Huskers won't play until 28 days from Saturday. Uh, they'll put on full pads, though, here um, next week um, on September 30th. That will be the first time they'll do that. So hopefully we'll have a better idea of a fall camp schedule and kind of what that's going to look like. So make sure you stay on HuskerOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. <laughs> 